Welcome to the Washington Church Toledo Podcast. Together, we are learning to encourage one another to walk with God through cultivating a personal relationship with Jesus the Christ. This podcast consists of recordings from our Sunday morning worship services and other teaching events that you are more than welcome to come join us live. Good morning to everyone here. It's good to see you all now that you can hear me. Uh, we uh, hope you had a, had a great time, holiday, gathering, New Year's, all those things. Uh, our family had an opportunity to get away just for a couple nights, a couple days in uh, southeast Ohio area. Beautiful. Um, the, the Ohio that doesn't seem like Ohio, that part of, of uh, the state that we live in. Um, and we were on our way back. It was Tuesday. We were on our way back, and it was about three and a half hour drive so we're driving back in the car, and uh, my daughter just asked this question. And it's, uh, she says, um, it, in what way do you want to make yourself better in 2022? I was like, OK, 17-year-old, bring in the depth here in our car ride. Um, and it was, it was beautiful, and she shared, and, and we kind of wrestled through those sayings, and I started to think about that, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not really a New Year's resolution type of person. Um, if I want to make a change, I just make that change in my life. If, I, if I, there's something that comes forward, and I feel like, okay, God, you're leading me in this area, let, I don't wait till the next year to go after that, um, or to shift something in my life. And so uh, I've never been into New Year's resolutions those are something, I, I make resolutions and I make goals and I set those for myself as a normal part of my life, but I don't, again, the change of one date to the next date doesn't affect me in that way. That's just my own personality, but I understand that some people are. And I understand that, that as we make this shift into a new year, we start to think about our lives and we start to think about what we do, start to think about where we're at in life, and things come forward. And I just wondered... Because immediately when Grace asked that question, my answers were all about my own walk with the Lord as I started to think about that. That's, that's just what, where my mentality is most of the time in, in my daily walk of life. And, and so I started to think about, you know, people think about those things. And, and so it, it's good for me to get clued into what people think about every once in a while. Um, and... And so as I sat down to work on the message, and this is, we're talking through our vision statement here at Washington that we're rolling out, and we're ready to launch into the next uh, element of that vision statement, which talks about the power of God. And so that's what we're going to be talking about in January. But I really felt this idea or, or desire, the stirring to kind of press pause on that conversation and invite us to think about, as we move into this new year, what are ways that we want to grow spiritually? As we think about, Things like, you know, I want to, maybe I want to make a job change or, or move in some way or work on finances or, you know, lose weight. All those things are great things, get into shape. But how many of us are thinking about our lives from a spiritual perspective? What does God want for us in 2022 as individuals, as a church? And so what I, as I was, uh, that morning I got up, I think it was um, Wednesday morning, and I got up and, and shifted back into um, the daily quiet time routine that I normally have, which was right now reading through the book of Jeremiah. And I started Jeremiah before Advent. I did several chapters, and then I, every year I do an Advent devotional, so I just kind of press pause on, 
on my daily routine with uh, my time with the Lord, and I go through this Advent devotional with that. And that was fabulous. Ended that, so I'm now back in Jeremiah. And as I'm reading through the book of Jeremiah in chapter 7, and I'll share the verse that really hit me um, in a minute, but this idea of what we can begin to seek God for came kind of pouring out of that. So the, between the, the Grace's question and my time in Jeremiah, I came up with these five prayer principles that I want to give you this morning. And what I want to do is this. Um, I want to just share one of the prayer principles, and then I'm, going to, then I'm going to kind of say time out, and then we're going to pray about those things. And then I'm going to share another prayer principle and then give you space to pray, and then on and on. And that's just what our morning's going to look like. And <clears throat> we'll culminate with a fifth one, and then we'll take communion together. And that'll be our morning. Um, when I finished the prayer principles, I, I had uh, Bridget did a great job of putting this card together, and, and our secretary, Jenny, laminated it for us. And, and so these are at the tables when you come up to take communion. You can, you can grab one of these, and my hope is that you put it in your Bible, you carry it with you. But I want to do this. I want to challenge us as a church community to pray for these five things for 30 days in a row spending at least two minutes on each of these things. And that's it. And I want <clears throat> to, and, and you know, it's, it's not a magic recipe, but I will tell you that God will begin to move in your life in profound ways if you come after the Lord around these five areas. And I know that only because God's word tells us that that's the case. And all of these are taken out of the word of God. So I'm not making these things up. Um, but it seems like, to me, as, as they came forward, I, I tried to put them in what I thought was a logical progression of movement uh, of how I've seen God move in my own life. And so that's, that's where this comes from. Um, there's also going to be these, these fancy things on, on the tables. Um, if you want to take a picture of it and put it on your phone so that you can have it on your screen, um, what's it called? Wallpaper, Maggie told me. Uh, and that way, every time you open your phone, you're reminded of these five core things that you're wanting to be praying for and that we're committing to pray for for 30 days. Um, that's also going to be available up there. Um, so let's jump into the first one. Number one, and, and in my mind, you, <clears throat> you have to start where Jesus says we have to start, and that is to put God first. Okay? Jesus says in Matthew 6 to seek first the kingdom of God. And that everything else will line up after that. Everything else will be taken care of after that. But you have to seek God first. And that's, that seems like a no-brainer. But I think if we look at our lives and we look at, uh, reflect on our lives and how we live our lives, do we do that? Do we put God first in all areas of life when it, when it comes against things? What's fascinating here is, is Jesus is, brings this statement up in Matthew 6, only after he's talking about a certain amount of things. He's talking about storing things up. He's talking about serving two masters. And then he's talking about worrying about things of life. And so in that progression, he finally kind of focuses at the end on that piece of you need to put God first. And so that's the invitation for us as, as praying people. Because worry can take us into all kinds of places that aren't helpful or, or, or whole um, they take away from our focus on the Lord. Um, worry can, can ultimately end up, we can shift into anxiety, and anxiety takes us into dark places and hard places too. And so when we put our, our focus first and foremost on the Lord, we're essentially saying, God, I'm handing these things over to you. 
So that, I want to show you this word, seek, in, in Greek. I'll put it up there. Go ahead and go to that, Maggie. Zeteo is how you say it. And zeteo doesn't just mean to look for something. It means to, like, passionately go after something. To, like, have, a, have an innate desire to, to pour your entire self into it. This word is used more often and most commonly for the Pharisees. And where the Pharisees want to kill Jesus. Over and over again it says, and they looked for a way or they sought a way. That's that word, zeteo. And so over and over again, they are searching and longing for a way and passionately putting themselves into ways to, to take Jesus out. In that same way, are we seeking God to that extent? With that passion, with that desire, with everything that we have, are we going after? And the next word is, is proton, the first things. And proton doesn't just mean a number. Proton is a priority shift. So I think that's what... Jesus is inviting his disciples into when he says, seek first the kingdom. He's inviting them into a shift of priorities that, that basically says everything else that you thought was important or everything else that has your focus or your gaze, you set that as secondary to chasing after me and fo focusing on me. And so that's what we're invited to do. And that's what we're going to do, to seek first the kingdom of God. Because seeking first God's kingdom is all about trusting God. Because when we trust God... We'll seek him first. And if we believe that God is enough for us and God will provide for us in every way we need, then we'll go straight to God first before we do anything else. So this is what we're going to do. We're just going to take a couple moments right now, and I'm going to invite you to do that, to ask God to help you put him first in 2022. So right where you're at, just kind of put everything off your lap. Just take a moment to be with the Lord and to ask God to help you with that. Lord, help me to put you first in this coming year.
after we talk about putting God first is walking in obedience. And this, this is what came from the Jeremiah passage. There's a couple of the pieces of the five that came from Jeremiah, and I'll put the scripture passage, Jeremiah 7. He says this, Obey me, and I will be your God, and you will be my people. Walk in obedience to all I command you, that it may go well with you. And Jeremiah is talking to a group of people. He's talking to the, to the nation of Israel and essentially at a time where Israel walked away from the Lord. And God set up these kind of precepts and commands and he brought them into the promised land. And he said, this is how I want you to function. This is how I want you to be. I want to be your God. I want to be the priority in your life. And live in this way and it will be well with you. And Israel started off well and, they, and then they faded away. And they were deceived and they were drawn by other nations and the gods of other nations and and you know we I don't know about you but I read the scriptures and I find myself saying what how, what how did this happen what's the problem with these people it seems so evident that following God is so much better and yet how many times do I do that in my life where it just kind of fades or I forget about it. I don't put the Lord first or I get drawn in by other things and so um, that's what is said, and, and one of the things that's interesting here, where he says command or, or obey, that word is, is in Hebrew, the word Shema. And you've probably heard it before, Deuteronomy 6 is called the Shema. The first uh, word in that statement is Shema, Israel, and that's why it's called the Shema. But Shema actually means to hear, to listen, or to obey. And I love that about the Hebrew language, because in the Hebrew language, there's less words overall. And so each word is packed with meaning. And so one of, the, one of uh, essentially what the Hebrews are saying is, if you want to obey God, you have to listen to God. Because obedience and listening go walk hand in hand. And like anything else, a walking with the Lord is about relationship. God is always about a God of relationship. You look at the, the Trinity, the Trinity is all about relationships. Everything is about relationships. The invitation to relate. And if we think about our own relationships, the only way our relationships grow or thrive is if we listen to each other. If you're in a relationship, a serious relationship with somebody you love and care for, whether it's a marriage relationship or a friendship or whatever that may be with, with your children or your parents, if, if you are only talking in that relationship, it's, it's not a healthy relationship. And so there has to be an element of listening and speaking, and hearing, and deeply wanting to know what that other person has to say. I've gotten to a point in my own journey with the Lord, when I spend time in prayer, most of my time now is just in silence, just listening and waiting on the Lord. Because I've come to realize that, that what I have to say is not really that relevant or, or important, as much as listening and hearing what God has to say to me. And so the invitation is, how do we listen to the, to, to the Lord, to the creator of the universe, and again, the only way to do that is to create spaces in our lives where we can listen, where we can pull ourselves out of the dailiness, out of the, out of the busyness, out of the noise of, of life. There's a documentary that Ann and I were watching with the kids over the break, um, and they, they talked about they climbed down 800 feet un, below sea level in this cave to try and find one of the only places they knew about in all of the world where there's no sound at all. Because everywhere else, there's some sort of sound. And we are addicted and used to sound. And actually, when you pull yourself away and you get quiet, when we first start to do that, it can be scary. Because we don't know how to be quiet before the Lord. But we learn. I remember um, I was taking a class from, from a, a, 
a sister at the Grand Rapids Dominican Center, and she was teaching me about silence and sitting in silence. And she said, all you need to do is, is set a timer and then allow yourself to go into that silence. Because I don't know about you, but when we first go into that silence, it's like we go into that silence and we go like, okay, how long has that been? Like two seconds. Oh, okay. Well, how long has that been? It's been like 20 seconds. Okay. And we're just, we're so not used to silence. So we just set a timer for five minutes. We put it aside and we don't have to worry about how long it's been. When the timer goes off, you can start it again if you want to, but you can, you know, that can, and, you, and then you build that. Start with two minutes, then go to four minutes, then go to 10 minutes, then go to 15 minutes and 20 minutes and just sitting before the Lord in the quietness. The other word I love that he uses there is the word walk. And the word walk in, in Hebrew is halak. And halak is, is just, again, packed. But it's not about like walking down the road. If you, if you read through the scriptures in the Old Testament especially, and also in the New Testament, you, it talks about journeying with God as a walk. It uses that word halak. And, and whether it's Abraham or Moses, and he journeyed with the Lord, and he walked with God. And so it, it is an image of, of movement, of not just sitting still, but of movement, that you're, you're joining God and you're coming together. One of, Micah 6, 8, one of my favorite passages, at the end he says, what I want from you is to walk humbly with your God. So we're walking with the Lord. And how, how are we obedient? It's walking with God. It's partnering with God. That's where obedience comes from. It's listening, but it's also movement. It's also an invitation. And in that Jeremiah says, when we do those things, then God will become our God. Because there's something about walking with the Lord. When we begin to trust God with our lives, when we begin to depend on God, God becomes real for us in powerful and profound ways. But if we only ever stay in places where, we can, where we're doing what we can handle, then we don't ever really need God. But God wants to take us to places where we can't do it on our own, where we have to rely on the Lord. That's walking with God. That's the invitation we're into. And so now we're just going to take a moment and we're going to ask God, Lord, help me to walk in obedience with you. Help me to understand the commands that you've given me. Help me to, to be obedient. Help me to listen to what you have to say. And so let's just take a moment just on your own and talk to the Lord about walking in obedience.
as we begin to walk with God in obedience, when we put God first and we begin to walk with the Lord in obedience, it's not long that we're walking with, in obedience or we're trying to walk in obedience that God begins to reveal things in us that we need to seek him around for forgiveness. And this is another crucial area. If we want to be used by the Lord, we can't continue to carry around the baggage that we carry around and, and think that we're free and open and available. There's this great, beautiful verse I want to share with you. It comes from Isaiah 44. It says this, I have swept away your offenses like a cloud, your sins like the morning mist. Return to me, for I have redeemed you. Time and time again, in, in both the Old and the New Testament, in the Hebrew Bible and the New Testament, there's this idea of returning to the Lord. And Jesus even says this, and probably my favorite scripture of all time in, in Mark 1.15, where he says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And that word repent, we, we often look at as, you know, being cut to the heart or remorseful or getting down on our knees and weeping and crying out to the Lord. And yes, that's a part of what it means, but what it truly means is to turn around. In Hebrew, it's shuv. In, in uh, Greek, it's metanoia. But they both mean the same thing. Literally, to change the way you think. If, you're, if we're heading in this direction and this is not in obedience to God, it's literally turning in the opposite direction and going in the way that God wants you to go, towards the Lord, with the Lord. And so that's the invitation for us as, as followers of Jesus. We can't be used by God if, if we continue to carry the, the baggage with us that keeps us from being open and available. Because see, what happens is we end up staring at that baggage and holding that baggage, and it, and it draws our gaze, and it, and it focuses on us. One of the things I love, one of our elders says this on a regular basis, Ann Bernius. She'll say, she calls it taking out the trash or cleaning out your garage. And, and we've had at our... At our um, our nights when we've, our encounter nights, which I would encourage you to be a part of, we've come together several times, the speakers have said similar things, which is really fascinating because none of them really know each other all that well and none of them really know what the other one talked about. And so that's one of the ways you know that the Spirit of God begins to move is when the Spirit gives people something to say that's basically the same thing and it comes up over and over again because we need to hear those things. But several times those speakers would say, when, when you begin to open yourself up to the movement of the Spirit of God, that the Spirit of God shows, begins to show things and reveal things of the heart, conditions of the heart that you have, even things that you weren't even aware of. That's, that's when it gets really interesting. Um, a lot of things we're aware of, we hang on to, and we're just not ready to surrender to God. But there's even deeper things past that, once we're ready to let go of the things we're aware of, that God begins to reveal to us and to show to us. And it... it it's powerful experiences, and, it, and it's a beautiful letting go and, and the peace of God that comes and fills that space and takes the place of that thing we're wrestling through is absolutely an amazing experience. And that's why we have to be willing to do that. 1 John 1.9 is a verse I want to leave you with before we go into a time of prayer around, around repentance and, and confession and forgiveness. It says this, and if you haven't memorized this scripture passage, please put this to memory carry it with you. If you have kids, teach this to your children. It's absolutely essential that we, we know this truth of God's word. It says this, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In other words, there is nothing you can do that puts you outside of the grace of God. 
And there's nothing that if you bring it forward before the Lord that he won't forgive you for. And so let's do that right now. Let's take a moment and just come before the Lord in 2022 and just lay things down and ask for forgiveness. And and be specific about these things. Just between you and the Lord. God, around this area of my life, around this sin that I struggle with, around whatever it is that is getting in the way or that you're holding on to for whatever reason, this morning is an invitation to release that thing and, and let it go and hand it over to the Lord. hear me out, is God be with me. And we, and this is something that I pray for on a regular basis, and it, this is not a prayer for God, it's a prayer for me, if that makes sense. Because I don't have to remind God to be with me, because God is with me. But I need to remind myself that God is with me. And so I pray that, pray that prayer, because God is always with us, always present always wants to be active and a part of our life in everything that we do. But I need to remind myself that God is with me. Especially when I put myself in places that are are challenging and stretching and, and hard. Or God puts me in these places. I need to remind myself that God's with me in what he's called me to do. And so that's the invitation. We'll go back to Jeremiah 7. It says this, Obey me and I will be your God. 
and you will be my people. So God is essentially saying, hey, when you follow me, when you walk with me, when you're obedient to me, I'm there with you. I'm with you in it. And we need to be reminded of that truth that God promises to be with his people and that God is with us. I wonder how many times that we walk in in the dailiness of life where we forget that, that God is with us. The creator of the universe walks with us and goes before us. He's the pillar of fire that's before us in the cloud of smoke that's behind us. He's protecting us and watching over us. But he's with us. Whenever God calls his people to do impossible tasks in the scriptures, it's always followed by the phrase, and I will be with you. I want to give you some examples just to encourage you. When Jacob is wrestling with the Lord and he's trying to figure out who he is and figure out who am I going to marry, who am I going to be with, what does God want me to do here, God reminds him in Genesis of this truth, and I'll put it up on the screen. He says, I am with you. And I will watch over you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised with you. So there's that promise. I am with you, Jacob. When God calls Moses to lead the people, of uh, the Hebrew people, out of Egypt, he says, Moses, I will be with you. If you go back and read Exodus 3 and 4, I think three or four different times God says, I will be with you. I want you to do this, Moses, and I will be with you. I want you, you're going to do this, but I will be with you. Over and over again, God reassures Moses, I'm with you in this. I'm with you in this. I'm with you in this. In the book of Deuteronomy uh, 31, verse 8, right before they go into the promised land, they're right on the edge, and this is kind of the final thing that Moses has to say to the people because God has spoken it to Moses, and Moses is relaying this message. And one of the things that he says is, the Lord is with us. As we go into this new place, as we finally enter in after 40 years of wandering, after 400 years of slavery, after this promise that was given to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we're now about to step foot into this space, and it's not going to be everything goes well and easy and right. It's that we're going to have to take this land. But God is going to do that work, and God is going to be with us. And then finally, for us, in this generation, the, one, the words for us, is when Jesus speaks to his disciples in Matthew 28 at the end. After he's resurrected from the dead and he's about to ascend to be with the Father and he's commissioned them to go with the power and the authority and he says, I will be with you. It's that same, it's God saying it one more time. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. And so let us be reminded of that. And I would invite us to pray that prayer daily to remind ourselves that that what we enter into, what God is inviting us into, that he's with us in it always. So let's just take a moment to ask God, be with me, to remind yourself that God is with you. And that whatever you go, wherever you enter into, whatever God calls you into, that the Lord is with you in it.
encourage us to pray for each day is two simple words. Use me. God, use me. In Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8, this is what, what it says. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am. Send me. This needs to be our posture. After we've chased after the Lord, after we've put God first, after we've desired, desired to walk in obedience, after we've opened ourselves up to, for, for God to expose things and to experience the forgiveness of God, and we know that God is with us, and it's time to be sent out. It's time to, to get to work. It's time to put the plow to the field and to be used by God. And every single one of you in this room, God wants to use to do greater things than you can even imagine. And the posture of those in, who've walked with the Lord throughout time, whether it's Abraham, whether it's Moses, the New Testament, Mary, or Paul, there's always this invitation that God gives to them, and the response is always the same. Hineni in Hebrew. And Hineni means, here I am, literally translated. But it's more than just that. The best translation for hin and e is what, what Mary says. Here I am. May it be as you have said with your servant. This, so it's a posture that we take on where we basically say, Lord, whatever it is, whatever you invite me into, whatever you say to me, whatever you ask of me, whatever it is, because I'm seeking you first, I want to do it. Help me to do it. Be with me to do it. If there's sin in my life that needs to be torn out, Lord, let's work on that. I want to walk in obedience with you because I know that what you have for me is the best thing possible because it leads to fullness of life. That's the promise in the scriptures. So over and over again, you see the posture of people called by God. It's, Lord, here I am. I make myself available to you. I'm here to be used by you. But when we put ourselves in those positions, things are going to begin to happen because God's going to take you to places where you've never been before. Because like I shared before, when we can do the things on our own, we don't need the Lord. But when God puts us in places that stretches us and causes us to rely on him, now we know that we're being used by God in profound and powerful ways. God uses us every day to do things. Man, if you're a parent, you're loving your kid, God's using you to, to love your kid and to advance the kingdom. At work, when you're loving on, on the people around you, those are great things. That's what we're called to do. But there are moments in time where God stretches us and takes us outside of our comfort zones. As we were singing this song, I'd, I'd never heard this song before, the one they did last. But some of those lyrics in, in there, shake the ground, take away the religion, those are scary words. I don't know if when you saw those words, you thought, whoa, that's intense. Some of us would be like, yeah, let's go, Lord. But when that actually begins to happen, some of us are like, whoa, 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 I don't know, Lord. I'm kind of used to that. I'm kind of accustomed to that. I'm safe with that. But I think what God is calling us as a church, as Washington Church, especially in light of our vision statement, is into new places and new waters where for some of us it might feel scary and might feel different and might feel like, whoa, I'm not sure. I've never experienced God in this way. But in order to go a spiritual practice and a truth that I've known is in order for God to take you to places you've never been before, 
God has, has to do work in you that you've never experienced before. And so new things are coming. And so when we say, God, use me, that's, a, that's an exciting and a dangerous prayer at the same time. But I hope that we can pray that prayer. I hope that you can come to a place, and this, that's what this next 30 days is about. It's, I think, God planting seeds in us as a church community to birth new things that will come out of this 30 days of prayer. One last scripture verse I want to share with you that, that was an encouragement to me this week and I want to leave with you is this from 2 Chronicles 16.9. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. This is the promise to us. God is looking for people to use. Jesus says the harvest is plenty, the laborers are few. Are we willing to be laborers? Are we willing to be sent out to be used by God in profound and powerful ways that take us beyond ourselves to experience God in, in ways we've never experienced the Lord before? This is the final prayer and the final invitation. So this is what I want to invite us to do. For this prayer, I want you to have somebody else pray this over you. Not just between you and the Lord, but this is more of a declaration that somebody's going to speak over you. So I'm going to encourage you, this is what we're going to do, I'm going to encourage you just in a moment to get into groups of two or three and to pray for one another to be used by God. And then after that, I want you to, to come to, to receive communion in those groups that you prayed for, whether in twos or threes, but no more, just twos or threes. And you'll be invited to come to the table, each of these tables. And again, at the tables are the, are the body and the blood of Christ, which we're going to celebrate, but also these cards, if you want to pick one up, to, to begin this 30 days of prayer, starting today. And to commit to that, and to carry it with you. And to trust that as we begin to put ourselves in that posture of openness, and ask these things of God, that God will begin to move in your life in profound ways. In powerful ways. And it's not just after day one, or day two, or day three. But when we've been at this for several days in a row... We're going to start to see transformation and change in us. And as God brings things forward, don't be afraid of them. And if there are things that are beyond you and you need help, come talk to me. Come find one of the elders. Find somebody who's a little bit farther along than you are in the spiritual life and ask them to walk with you in that as God brings things forward. Ask them to pray with you and for you for God to help you walk through these things and you'll experience amazing freedom to be used by God in profound and powerful ways. So on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. Take and eat. And in the same way, he took the cup and he said, this is the cup of the new covenant. My blood shed for the forgiveness of sins. So right now, I want to invite you just to, to find somebody else to pray with and to pray for around being used by the Lord. And then after you have a moment of prayer, I want to invite you to come forward to the table to receive and celebrate what Jesus has done for us, that we are forgiven and made right with God the Father. So go ahead and do that right now. Find somebody to pray with. Thanks for listening. If you're looking for a way to get plugged into what we're doing, email us at office at washingtonchurch.org or go to our website, washingtonchurch.org.